Rebellious Studio presents the Mind Body Podcast with your host, Maria Angelova. Welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast with me, your host, Maria, where it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. It is with a great pleasure that I welcome today my dear friend and colleague, Nancy Davis. Hi, dear Nancy. How are you? Hi, Maria. I'm great. It's nice to be on here. and Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Nancy, I would say, is one of my favorite people. We don't stay in touch quite as often enough as I would like to, but when we do, we have a great time and a great conversation. We met Gosh, many years ago through a networking event, I believe, Nancy. Nancy has amazing energy. She is a life coach. She's a a hypnotherapist. She is a minister. And she leverages tapping, which we will get to talk a little bit about in this episode. But before that, Nancy, we want to learn who Nancy is. So give us three words that tell us a little bit about who you are. Give us a little bit of a backstory behind each word. Okay, well... First of all, I've always been really intuitive and that helps me with my clients because I don't know how many times people I'm tapping with somebody and they'll say, are you reading my mind? Because I'm just, when I'm working with somebody, I'm tuned into them, their energy. And I've just always been, always had that kind of connection. So when I was a little girl, I had a girlfriend and she had that connection too. And we decided we were going to see if we could send a word back and forth mentally. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who was sending and who was receiving, but somebody got went to the dictionary and pick up this word, mole, M-O-L-E. I mean, it was just not even a word that we ever used. And the other one got it. And it scared us so much that we never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> but... But we've always, I've always had it, and she always has too. So we had that in common. Okay. So that's one word. I'm adventurous. I like to try new things. I like to um, take risks. I, I get bored if I do the same thing all the time. So I like to have different kinds of clients. And, you know, we, nothing is sacred as far as what we talk about. And so that's another word, fun loving. I just don't think life is worth it if we're not having fun. So I try to make fun a part of every, every day, every, not every minute, maybe. Well, I guess I do try to do that. Just have fun wherever I am. And I would say, Nancy, just hearing you say all these words are like, yep, this is why exactly she is here on the Rebellious Mind Body podcast. (laughs) So relate to intuition maybe I have shared that story I don't know I do so many recordings and talk to people so often but I had a client walk in and she was like I was like hey and she was like hey and I was like what's wrong she goes nothing and I was like hmm and she's like why I said your energy is different she said I only said hi I said I know but your energy is different and as we started talking she's like well yeah there's just this one thing that's bothering me and I was like I knew it, your energy in that high was not the usual energy I get. And it's fascinating when you can start tuning to that energy, you know, for your own self, but also to the energy that's happening around you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you've got it too. I'm really, we all have it. Just some of us, um, I guess, have to use it. 
and really, yeah. really do use it. Well, and I, I will say for me, tell me if you agree with this, Nancy. Um, I do think all of us have it. I think for us, when we do a lot more activities that help us tune into ourselves, such as the work that I do, and I do it, you know, religiously on a daily basis, I do my self-care routine. I do think that allows me to tune into myself. And I do think it allows me to tune into my intuition better. It and does. I also learn to trust it, which is another big piece about. That intuition. is a big piece of it. I know one time I was years ago, I was getting ready to drive downtown on a Saturday morning. And I heard this little voice say, watch out for policemen. It was just very quiet inside me, but I really had not learned to pay attention to it. So I take off and I'm kind of late. So I'm speeding. And sure enough, I get pulled over by a policeman and I got a speeding ticket. I don't do that anymore, but it, <laughs> it was a, sometimes when you don't listen, it's a really good lesson to tell you how true it is and how you better listen next time. Yeah. I do think experience teaches you, you know, my story, you know, I jumped on a limb based on my intuition, which sometimes doesn't, well, frequently doesn't make sense. It's not common sense. It's not logical. It's just yeah. that gut, that voice, whatever you want to call it inside you, that just says, why don't you try that? And the more I listen to it, the more incredible the journey unfolds. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The more we learn to trust it, just blindly because it's always loving and it's always taking care of us 24 yeah. 7. I always say you can't go wrong if you listen to your intuition. You cannot. Yeah. Um, Nancy you do something really cool and you help people through the, all the work that you do. Um, you help people tune in and identify those voices, those beliefs that hold us back from the life that we want to have and that we can have. Let's talk a little bit about that. What do you think, based on your professional experience, are the things that hold people back from living life and thriving? Well, I think it's pretty simple. But first of all, I want to say that we each have what you could say a movie camera inside our heads. This movie camera is playing our beliefs, our subconscious beliefs, out in our lives. So for instance, if I believe that I have plenty of money, that movie camera is gonna play that out and I'm gonna have plenty of money. If on the other hand, my belief is money is really hard to come by, then that inner movie camera is gonna go, let me experience not having enough money. So what I do is I find the beliefs that people have that are not serving them for instance, somebody who has a belief that money's hard to come by or he doesn't deserve it or she um, doesn't know how to make it, whatever. I find the belief and then we tap that belief out of existence and we tap something new in that says, I deserve money. I have plenty of money, um, whatever it is they want to, to change. And so I do that every day with people. I do it with myself. I've had to change a lot of my beliefs. So I've I work on myself too. Does that answer your question? It does. And I, it's, it's interesting. You call it the movie that plays in your head. I call it, it's like a database, a computer database that you, something happens and you, you know, it passes through the database and based on what's in the database, you get a action eventually and therefore a result. Yeah. Um, and yes, I personally have, have had to change a lot of my limiting beliefs because 
I actually, I remember the first time somebody asked me actually about my childhood. I completely blew them off and I was like, I don't have issues there. I was like, I am good because I didn't really realize what they were going after. Um, and I did have a great childhood, but there were so many limiting beliefs. Let you brought up the example of money, for example. I used to have a very scarce mindset. It was money is hard to come. Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, you have to work really hard to, to make money and things like that. Um, versus I've been very intentional to build a very abundant mindset, right? To believe that the money, and very importantly, I want to bring this up, Nancy, because, um, and I would love your comment on that, because I was talking how you, I was talking about the importance of an abundant mindset. And somebody said, well, you can't just spend recklessly money. Now, correct. You have to take action to bring more money, right? It's not you just sit on the sofa and you say, well, I believe in a lot of money, so the money will just pour on. You have to take actions that frequently involve limiting beliefs and you have to step outside of the comfort zone and you have to grow um, to generate that money. But you, you go with, there is a difference of how you go into it, knowing that the money will come or you have to work really hard or it's not going to come or what is the underlying belief behind that? Well, that's just another belief that I have to work really hard for my money. Think about people who are inherit money. They might not have to lift a finger and it comes into their bank accounts every month or it's just sitting there waiting for them. They didn't have to do anything for it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, um, oh, what's her name? If something is true, it has to be true in every case. And so that can't be true that I have to work hard to get money because if it were true, it would happen in every case and it doesn't. Mm, I have not heard that. I like that. Oh, Byron Katie. That's, she is, writes really great books and I, she's the one who said that if it's true, it has to be true 100% of the time. Otherwise, it's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, otherwise it's our meaning and interpretation that we're tying to it. Right. And the way I change these beliefs for people is through tapping. And I first heard of tapping and my friend of mine, a therapist in Maine, told me that she was tapping different places on the head and on acupuncture points. And it, she was really helping people. And I thought to myself, that sounds so stupid. How could that help anybody? And I didn't say anything to her because I love her and she's a good friend and I know she's smart, but it just didn't make sense to me. And then we both went to a workshop in New York and a bunch of us got together after hours and somebody was afraid of flying. They had had to drive, I think from Tennessee to New York because she couldn't fly. So my friend tapped with her and in about 35 minutes, she was not afraid to fly anymore. And so I said, wow, I got to go home and, and check this out. So I did go home and check this out. And Gary Craig, who's the originator of EFT or tapping, it was his last year. And I got in on his last year. So I got trained by the master. And I've never looked back. I mean, tapping, if you're really mad at somebody and you go and you, you make some decision and then you're sorry for it later, you don't have to do that anymore. You can tap on the anger and erase it, and then you're free to make a, a decision that really is sane and logical and what you really want to do. So you don't ever have to act through emotion anymore. 
which is so valuable. I'm an emotional person. So it's really helped me individually because I don't, I don't make emotional decisions anymore. Tell us a little bit about the premise of tapping and how it works, Nancy, because I'm sure as um, people who have never heard about it or are listening to you are probably going like, what kind of BS is this? Just kind of they like do. what you thought when your friend told you. <laughs> I totally understand if they do because it, it didn't make sense to me. But actually what they've discovered is that it works on the amygdala in the brain, which is the feeling center. And it, we're all energy anyway. And these emotions are energy and it works to dissipate the energy. Mm -hmm. The man who discovered tapping was a psychotherapist and he had a woman who'd been coming to him for a long time for her fear of water. And they really weren't getting much of anywhere because she was still terrified of water. She didn't want to drink it. She didn't want to drive by a lake. She certainly didn't want to get in it. And so one day she came in and she had a stomach ache. And he was studying acupuncture at the time. And he just got this little brain child. And he said, I'm going to try tapping on this acupuncture point. I wonder what would happen. And right here under the eye is the stomach point. And she said she had a stomach ache. So he said, well, we'll tap here. And then they tapped some other places. These are some other acupuncture points. And pretty soon she, he said, well, how's your stomach ache? She said, hmm. My stomach ache is gone. I don't think I'm afraid of water anymore. And she jumped up and she ran out to a fountain that was outside of his office and she put her feet in the water. And he was just astonished because she had had such a terrible phobia of water. So he knew he was onto something. So it, we're tapping on acupuncture points and it's called emotional acupuncture. And we're feeling at the same time so as we tap and as we feel anger, sadness, fear, it begins to dissipate. And I always have people number, like, are you afraid to a number eight from zero to 10, 10 being the highest, number five, whatever. They put a number on it. And as we tap, it'll go down, 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 down. And pretty soon it's gone. And they don't have that feeling anymore. Then they can make an informed decision. So two follow-up questions. One, how many sessions, let's say I have a fear of heights. How many sessions? Is it one session, two sessions, five sessions, a package of 10? Is there an average that usually works for people or does it depend on what you're dealing with? Well, I don't really do fears in that sense. Okay. Because when I, I used to do that and then I realized there's so much more people could get out of this getting rid of a fear is really not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But all the other ways that we can change our minds so that we can be happy and, and get what we want, that's what I wanted to do for people. So okay. I have a package of 12 sessions and okay. my gosh, we can change so many things. We can change relationships. Um, some people don't get along. They don't know how to be in a healthy relationship because they don't have one with themselves. Um, we can change fears about money, um, about health. I'm working with a man right now in Texas who has cancer. And we all store trauma. You said you had a happy childhood. It doesn't matter. We all store trauma, things that happen to us that might not even seem like a big deal to somebody else. They might be traumatic for us. 
I worked with a woman who in third grade got up to give a speech and she forgot her speech. She was nervous and she forgot it. All the kids in the classroom laughed at her. Well, she made a decision at that moment. She would never give another speech. She would never talk in front of people. Well, that really hampered her. And then we, we worked on that. She got rid of that and some other things from her childhood. And pretty soon she was giving talks. She was a trainer in her job. And people would come up to her and say, how did you learn to be such a good public speaker? And she would just giggle because, you know, most of her life she hadn't been able to do that. Yeah. Um, this is making me think of the book, The Body Keeps Score. Have you heard of that book? I have it. And, you know, I've got it in my bookcase and have not read it. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fascinating, it's not a light read, but it is a very fascinating reading that I have a feeling you might uh, appreciate it. Sure. And my other question, Yancy, was, so we talk about when you have an emotion, we want to process the emotion, right? We don't want to stuff it up, ignore it. Well, I'm angry, but I'm not going to deal with that. And then, you know, I call it the sewage tank keeps getting fuller and fuller and fuller until one day it overflows. Right. You... Does tapping release help release those emotions that are stored in the body? Absolutely. That's what I'm doing with this man in Texas who has cancer. Um, well, I don't want to say everything is so confidential for me, but he had a terrible experience when he was about nine years old and he watched um, a family member be run over by a truck. Oh. He stored that, that horror of that happening and then someone said something later that made him think it was his fault. So that was stored in his body and it is actually part of his cancer. So we, we released that trauma. We released all the thoughts that were connected with that. And hopefully it will help him with his illness. Yeah. So it absolutely erases emotions that you wouldn't believe you could get rid of because you feel them so strongly. But then as you're tapping, it just keeps going down and down. And I know I'm, I'm tell you another story about this woman who was molested and it was a horrible experience. And this I, wasn't me that worked with her, but somebody else worked with her. And he worked with her about all the horror of it and all the just awfulness of it. And several sessions, I don't remember how many. And in the end for her, it was, she remembered it but she had no emotion about it. And gotcha. she was even kind of laughing about something about it at the end, which was just mind blowing yeah. because she was laughing at something that at the beginning of her work with him, she would have been traumatized by. To talk about, so yeah. It's very, very valuable. And it's so easy. It's no medication. It's something that I teach my, my clients to do it for themselves. You can't do really heavy, deep things yourself because you're in it. You can't see it objectively, but you can tap on a lot of things yourself. I tap on a lot of things myself, but if I want somebody outside of me, I go to an expert. Who can do it for you, yeah. It's, it reminds me of my clients say, I do the same exercises at home and they're never the same than when I'm here with you. And it's, I do my sessions with a teacher for that exact same reason, right? Mm -hmm. So I can get that different perspective and that different eye on the movement and it's the same thing. And um, Nancy, what you're talking about also reminds me about um, two other 
I would call them experts in my work. Um, I don't know if you have heard of Louis Hay and Christier Beerland, who both talk about the um, implications of emotions in disease. So they say that every disease has an emotional component to it. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. And I will tell you from a body perspective and what I do, I see that emotional aspect in the body, in you know injuries, in pain that's being held on the body. And yes, sometimes it is physical, but sometimes it could have an emotional angle uh, or a mental angle on something that's stored by the body and the body is holding on to. And, you know, like, um, let's take chronic stress. Chronic stress over time will start causing problems and disease in your body, right? It won't be immediately one week of chronic stress, but over time it will wear and take your body. Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, so it's just the body is so fascinating and the way all of the tools that we have in our toolkit that we can do to heal, to help our body heal, to help our mind heal are powerful and um, very fascinating tapping. So you guys have to. So speaking of that, Nancy, where can people find you and learn more about tapping? What are your social media website? What's the best place for people to look? Well, my website is your tapping resource y-o-u-r tapping resource.com and i'm just nancy davis on facebook and my email address is nancy davis small letters 58259 which on the phone letters spells out lucky okay so nancy davis lucky in numbers at gmail.com very creative, Nancy. All right, Nancy, I can't let you go without you telling us what your definition of rebellious is. My definition of rebellious is I rebel against victimhood. I think there are a lot of people lately, maybe not so much lately, but just seems like there are a lot of victims lately. And we're not victims of anything but our own minds. And we can create what we want to create. And if somebody tells you you can't, prove them wrong. And if you're telling yourself you can't, prove yourself wrong because you can. You, we have fabulous, wonderful creative minds. Let's use them to create what we want, not what we don't want. That's so well said. And I was going to ask you for a favorite quote or a piece of advice. I mean, what you just said is absolutely beautiful. Do you, is there anything else you want to share? Um, I think I would share this quote I read that somebody said, they think when you die, the angels will ask you, did you have a good time? How much joy did you have on the earth? And so I think we're here to have a lot of joy. And if we don't, let's fix that. Yeah, I am such a fan of joy too. And I always teach like find the joy in the little things it's so easy to get hung up on the big things that we want and forget the journey and miss all of the beautiful precious moments that are on the path and on the journey yes and that's There's also part of mindfulness is being in the moment and just finding the the joy in having a big sip of ice water or looking out at the green trees or anything Nancy you're always such a delight I mean my heart is just like 
skipping a little bit harder right now. Every time I talk to you, I am so grateful for you being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your spirit and your inspiration. And wish you continued luck. If you guys have any questions for Nancy, you do know where you can ask them. Certainly feel free to reach out to Nancy directly. And meanwhile, remember to stay rebellious. See you next time. Can get enough of those rebellious conversations? Do make sure you subscribe, like, and share.